Once upon a time, there were three bears. The mama bear, the papa bear, and the baby bear. And they built three houses. One made out of sticks, one made out of straw, and one made out of bricks. And a little girl with a red cape on decided that she was going to take some lunch to the mama bear. And so when she was walking through the forest, this big bad wolf came up to her and, she, and, and he said to her, I'm going to huff and I'm going to puff and I'm going to blow your cape off. And so he huffed and he puffed and he blew her cape off. And the brick house fell down into a, an absolute pile of rubble. And when Goldilocks went to that little pile of rubble, she started moving things around. And underneath, she found someone that looked a lot like her grandma. And she said, Grandma, what big eyes you have. And she said, they didn't used to be that big, but a brick fell on my head and popped them out. <laughs> and she said, Grandma, what big ears you have. And she said, don't make fun of me, kid. You got the same ears I got. <laughs> and she said, Grandma, what big teeth you have. And she said, yeah, where's the basket of goodies that you're supposed to have brought to me a long time ago? Now, how many of you think I got that story just exactly right? Oh, now cut it out, a bunch of teenagers. Can I tell you the Bible was written over a period of about 1,500, year, 1500 years, 1,600 years, 40 different authors, most of them never met one another. And if we're, not, uh, if we're not careful, we will kind of take our Bible and break it up into uh, a whole bunch of little pieces, and the little pieces may or may not fit together. Um, sometimes, the, sometimes you've heard the, the phrase, you can't see the forest for the trees. Anybody ever saw that? Everybody, anybody ever heard that before? And, and sometimes we, we don't have any definition at all for what the forest is because we spend so much time looking so closely at the trees that we don't recognize the bark. So wait a minute, what is this tree? I, I'm not even sure. And so we spend a lot of time saying, oh yeah, this tree is this, and this tree is that. I'm telling you, we do that sometimes with the Word of God. And so we are... Uh, I'm going to use a word, embarking on a new study tonight. And uh, this study is a, um, it's really, it's not, a, the idea behind it is definitely not original with me. There was a, bu a book that was written. It's not a very good book. Uh, if you want to talk about it, I can tell you why later that it's probably not a book you want to get. Uh, but the idea behind it gave us I uh, actually gave some folks over in Florence, South Carolina, uh, uh, Jeff Johnson, 
uh, a, a, an idea about putting together some Sunday school lessons. I was there. I listened to one of the Sunday school lessons, and I went, man, what a great idea. And, and the whole point is that the Bible tells one story. This, now, we know there's a lot of different, we would call them Bible stories. We, when our kids are young, when our grandkids are young, we buy them Bible story books. Sometimes we'll talk about uh, the, the stories in the Bible. We'll, call, we'll say uh, that the parables are earthly stories with heavenly meanings. And, and we'll use the word stories a lot. But if we're not careful, we may know a lot of the different stories in the Bible, but not really have a full grasp on what is the story. The one story. And so for 16 Sunday nights over the course between now and, and I'm hoping to finish by the end of the summer, I want us to look at the whole story of the Bible through 16 verses. And I think you're going to really be encouraged by that. Now, everybody should have gotten a card. If you, did everybody get a card? Hold your hand up if you did not get a card. Or you can hold your card up if you got it. Anybody need a card that didn't get a card? Brother Ray, Brother Ray, you're the only person in the entire room that doesn't have a card. <laughs> Brother Mac, anything you can do about that? Now Jim doesn't have a card. Oh, Jim had a whole bunch. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Who else needs one? Melissa needs one. Now here's what you're going to do. These are, this is why this is important. First of all, if you look at the cards, this is the first card. It says creation, and that is really what we're going to talk about tonight. And, it's, and it also has the verse on it. Every week, you're going to get another card with another verse. In fact, next week, if they arrive, uh, next week, you're going to get a, uh, a little pocket holder, a little, a little card, um, a business card holder for the purpose of keeping all these in there. Now, I want to encourage you to do something. I want to encourage you uh, to memorize the verses that are on the cards. So I want us to do that right now. Pull out your card and let's look at it, all right? And, uh, and let's all read Genesis 131 together off of our cards. Everybody got it? Let's read it together. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. All right? Now, here's what I want you to do. Take your thumb and cover up, and the evening and the morning were the sixth day. You got it covered up? Now, say it with me. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. All right, let's do it again. Now, now, it's not going to do any good to look down at your card if your thumb is on it, all right? Properly. You, I mean, you could go like this, I guess. Uh, let's do the last part first. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Very good. All right? Now, uh, let's do the first part all the way to the comma. And God saw everything that he had made. Say it again. And God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was and the and the were the 
well, I think you're doing pretty well. Let's read it again. And God saw that he had, and behold, it was, and the, and the, were the, all right, you're doing really, really well. Now cover up the first part, that first one to the first comma. Let's read it again. And God saw everything that he had made. Okay, wait a minute. Look up at me and say it. And God saw everything that he had made. And the next part says, and behold, it was very good. And behold, it was I mean, it was I mean, how good? That's exactly right. And behold, it was very good. And the evening were the All right, let's look at it. Put, turn your card over. Okay, look at it real quick. All right, ready? And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the, and the, were the, Genesis 1, 31. Okay, say that part. Genesis 1, 31. Now let's do the whole thing one more time. Genesis 1, 31. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was, and the, and the, was the, you got it, Genesis 131. All right, now, now, you don't have to worry about memorizing that one this week. Actually, work on it again. But keep these, keep these in a place where you can uh, talk over them, talk about them as a family. What I want us all, don't miss tonight, and uh, I, I'm going to do a few of these, some of the other staff guys. I'm going to draft a few uh, of some of you out there to help, but we're going we're gonna to do these, but we're doing this. This is one story. I am doing the first verse of uh, 16 verses, and by the end of the night, you're going to have the first part of the whole story. You with me? We're going to have the first part of the whole story uh, tonight. And so uh, I want us to start where we begin and understand some things tonight that we really need to grasp. A.W. Tozer said this, What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Our view of the world begins with our view of God. The way that we think about God shapes the way we think about everything else. In fact, the way we think about God affects the way we act and respond in every circumstance of our lives. And because that is true, we need to get our thoughts about God straight. I mean, literally, we've got to start at the very beginning and to get our minds straight about God, about who God is. Can I tell you something tonight? If you look at Genesis chapter 1, you're going to see that the Bible starts in Genesis 1 and verse 1 with God. Now, I hope you've got your Bible open to Genesis 1. And look at verse 1 because it says, In the beginning... What? In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And so the Bible begins with God. And the Bible ends with God. 
Everything in between is his story. People say it's history. Everything that's happened up to now. But truly, everything that has happened up to now and everything that's going to happen until eternity, uh, until we enter eternity, all that is his story. The entire story is a story about God. God is the author of the story. Men did not make this up. I, I'm so amazed at how many uh, religions there are in the world that are so clearly man-made. I mean so clearly man-made. Uh, when, you, when you read Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 2, the Bible talks about uh, how men have uh, begun to worship images of the things that they see in this world. Well, who made those images? The birds didn't make them. The stars didn't make them. The sun didn't make those images. Those images were made by the hands. They were fashioned by the hands and from the minds of men. But I am telling you tonight the truth about this whole story that we're going to be talking about over the next few months in this family service is that God is the author of the story. Let me tell you one more thing about him. He's also the hero of the story. And what I mean by that is that every good thing that happens in the story, God did it. Every bad thing that happened in the story, God has an answer for it. You, I, you think about that one for a minute. Every good thing in the story, God did it. And every bad thing in the story, God has an answer for it. You say, well, preacher, that, that's, that's pretty presumptuous to say that. No, that's just the truth about God's story. That's just the truth about God's story. And so he is the author of the Bible, the hero of every story found in it. And so it is just natural tonight that we start our study with him. If we're going to understand the story, I'm talking about the story, the whole story of the Bible then we have to start with God. And so I want us to learn three truths from our text tonight. Will you say the text again with me? Genesis 1 and verse 31. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the, and the were the sixth day. By the way, the sixth day was the last day of creation. So when he said it, when he said that everything that he had made, he's talking about literally everything. He didn't say this. Uh, he didn't say everything, everything, and then he made something else. No, everything that he made, he, his, his entire creation was complete at the end of the sixth day. So what can we learn? What three truths about God can we learn in the first part of the story from Genesis 1.31? Let me give you this first one. God reveals the authority, I'm sorry, creation reveals the authority of God. Creation reveals the authority of God. Now at first glance... Genesis 1 doesn't seem to give us much information about God. You know, when you read 
uh, Bible story books or when you read, uh, you could even go deeper, when you read books about the Bible. Ray, how many, how many theology books uh, have you used as textbooks, uh, whether, whether they were books that you studied or books that you taught from over the years? Dozens, hundreds. I, I mean, there are books out there all over the place that are, uh, some of them are, are very simple. Some of them are very easy to understand. Some of them kind of go off into kind of some, you know, some kind of galactic stuff. I, you know, there's a lot of things. I heard, I heard a, a guy get up and preach one time, and uh, he got up and he his his um, thesis. He was doing his doctoral thesis, and it was at a preacher's meeting up in Boston, actually. And this guy, I mean, he started off in the beginning, and then he went into the talked about the galaxies and the stars and how many light years this and and how many stars and how long it would have taken this and that God, when he created it all, uh, that the, the, the sun, the light years that it takes, uh, the stars to reach here, God just created those things in midterm and so that they were already shining when God spoke. We were already getting the light. How did that ha- I mean, he was going like, I'm going, who cares? But he went on and on and on and on and on about it. I mean, everybody's eyes were just glazed over. He's just reading his doctoral thesis, and that was, it was, I'm sure it was outstanding. I didn't understand half of what he was saying. The next guy that got up was kind of a little bit more of a country preacher. I would say it that way. He was from the, the, the southwest, and he had kind of an accent. And he said, well... It's finally happened. I've been preaching for 40 years. I've been preaching in meetings for 40 years, and it's finally happened. And everybody's thinking, what has happened? Did you forget your Bible? What, did you lose your notes? What happened? He said, well, it's happened, finally happened. Somebody preached my sermon right before I got up to preach it. And, of course, everybody in the place, except the one guy, absolutely fell over dying laughing because it was so funny. Now, I am saying to you tonight that when you look at Genesis chapter 1, at a cursory glance, at just a a basic reading, there may not be very much information, at least there may not seem to be very much information about God. It it seems like it's more focused on creation, and and the, the existence of God is more or less just assumed. But I want you... To not miss something. And this is it. The authority of God is front and center in the creation. God speaks and things happen. God speaks and things happen. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a, in a place or in a group of people in a working situation where uh, maybe there was the CEO of a company. Uh, I, I can imagine it would be this way in, in uh, some political offices that when somebody stands up and speaks up, buddy, things begin to happen in a, in a really fast, fast way. I, I, and, and boy, I'm sure that that is true. But when God speaks, things don't begin to happen. They just happen. They just happen. Do you, back when I was a kid, there was a commercial on TV uh, that 
somebody, there'd be a crowded restaurant and there'd be two people at a table and one of them would say, E.F. Hutton says, and the entire restaurant would just get immediately quiet because the idea is E.F. Hutton is the authority on, on this subject of investing and on the subject of business. Well, I got news for you. When God speaks, he is the only authority. He's the only authority. Genesis 1.31, God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. The creation story can be summarized this way. God made everything, and everything he made was good. He made everything by speaking. Now, now think about this for a second. You say, preacher, you're, this, this, this is a dead horse. No, I want you to think about it. God spoke and creation obeyed. God spoke and creation obeyed. Creation obeyed by coming into being, by sprouting every living thing and showing submission to God's sovereign power. Everything that God said should happen did happen. Creation, when it came into being, was immediately submissive to the authority of who God is as the creator of everything. The emphasis of Genesis 1 really and truly is the ease with which God spoke the world into being. Now, did you ever try to make something that was really, really nice? Andy, come up here for a second. Uh, can you grab that microphone? A Andy preached while I was gone, and so I want to deal with his message for just a moment. Andy, come on up here. I know, Andy set himself up as some authority on chocolate chip cookies, and I noticed he didn't give y'all any, which was kind of sad. All right, you don't have anything written in front of you, No, I don't. Andrew. I mean, this is all my notes, and you can't have them. You called me Andrew. I did. I did. Feel like you're in trouble? I do. You may be. You may be before this, oh, this is over. Okay. All right? I'd like for you to give me the recipe for uh, chocolate chip cookies. Let me open the text that my daughter no, sent me. No. <laughs> flour. How much? I don't know. I know what's in there. What kind of flour? All-purpose flour. All That's purpose. what it says on the bag. Does it? Are That's what sure? I remember it saying on the bag. Okay, well, if it's all-purpose flour, do you put anything else in it with the flour? Baking soda. Is it? Yes. What about baking powder? No. Okay. How much? A little bit. A little bit. Just a little no, bit. No, you've got to have a lot. If you're baking, your cookies are a, chocolate chip cookies are a whole lot more cookie, not, a, not as much chocolate chip, I can tell you now. What else is in a chocolate chip cookie? Chocolate chips. Good answer. Good answer. What else? <laughs> Brown sugar. Brown sugar, good answer. How much? Enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Just enough. With, just enough. Uh, where are the girls? Reagan, did you make those? Kaylee, did Kaylee make them, Reagan? You did, Reagan? Both of you did? Yeah. So here's the question I got. Has your dad ever one time made cookies by himself? And let me, ask the part, let me ask the part B of the question. If you just sent your dad into the kitchen and he, he would happen to say, okay, 
without any recipe, without anything, would you trust him to be able to put together some really delicious chocolate chip cookies? Kaylee's absolutely no. No. Absolutely no. Okay, so. I don't think I would eat them. You don't think you would eat them either. All right. So, So the point is, the point is, Andy is not the creator of chocolate chip cookies. Mm-mm. Right? It's a good thing. You're, it is a good thing. But you are a consumer. Very much so. Of chocolate chip cookies. Very much. And you're a consumer of chocolate chip cookies that other people have made for you in the past. Yes. And you enjoy them. Even today. Even today. There you go. Thank you. You can, you can go. Here's the thing. You don't give him a hand. That was, poor, that was a poor show. Now listen, even if Kaylee and Reagan were making those cookies, there is a recipe that they're, gonna, that they're going to follow. And, and if we said to them, girls, what kind of flour did you use? They would say all-purpose flour, or they would say self-rising flour. And Andy, the one thing y'all left out of your cookies that makes cookies cookies is butter. I mean, you got to have butter. Butter makes everything better. Butter is better. And butter makes, makes the blood in my veins run through there going, excuse me, please, pardon me, pardon me, excuse me, please. <laughs> all right? I mean, butter makes everything better. All right? Chocolate chip cookies. But if, if Reagan and Kaylee were pros at chocolate chip cookie uh, making, the one thing I would be pretty sure is they didn't make the flour. If they were absolutely the best chocolate chip cookie makers on the planet, and they may be in the top ten, according to Andy, I am sure that they did not cut down the cane and then, and then do everything that was necessary to make the brown sugar. You and I are consumers of everything that the Lord made. There is not anything that we have, that we see, that we enjoy in this world that we created. Not one thing. Not one thing. Now, think about, think about the most beautiful places you've ever been. Now, I, I could not pick one. Shad, throw the first place up. I'm going to give you four really quick uh, for me. I want to show you four beautiful places. Where'd you go, Shad? There it is. Anybody know where that's at? That is. That's Cades Cove in the Smoky Mountains. Now, I want to tell you, I abs- I, I've been through the Rockies. I've been a lot of places, but there's just for me, and maybe it's my southeast Alabama kind of roots, but I love the Smokies. And for, for Jana and I, I don't know if she loves them as much as I do. She's not here. She's in the nursery, so she won't dispute me at this point. She may later. But I will tell you, to go to Cades Cove early in the morning. Drew, you've been there. You know what I'm talking about. When, when that mist is still hanging low and the deer are just walking out, You might see some bears here and there. There'll be turkeys. There'll be some elk along the way. It's quiet. It's beautiful. It's peaceful. It's like taking a step back a hundred years. I absolutely love 
Cade's Cove. Here's another place I love. This is the Snowdonia uh, uh, National Park in the northern part of Wales. There's a, there's a little village up not too far from here called Bettisacoid. It is a storybook-looking town. I mean, it looks like it is straight out of a storybook. But this place, the Smokies are just beautiful and tra tranquil. The, 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 up in the northern part of Wales, these mountains are, they're still rolling a little bit, but, but they, there is a ruggedness about them and a beauty about them that you just can't see in very many places in this world. Show them the next one, Chad. This, anybody went on the Greece trip know what this is? What is it? It is Idris. Can you tell us? Yeah, can you tell us about it? It's an island, that's right. It's an island in the Aegean Sea. It's part of Greece. It's a small island, but there is just something magical. To me, the approach to Hydra is beautiful. That You can't really tell it from this picture, but it's kind of a horseshoe little, uh, little bay that you go into. And then everybody lives up the side of these mountains. And when we were just there, um, I went by myself and I, I just started walking. I wanted to get up as far as I could get up uh, the side in between the houses all the way up these hills. And you get up there, I found a school, and there are a bunch of kids in there, and they were singing, I don't even know what, I can't understand it. Amalia, you could, you could have translated for me. But they were singing, it was a beautiful shot, uh, it was a beautiful sound, and, and where I was standing, I could see all the way down uh, to uh, this uh, little bay, this little cove, uh, where really tourists come in and out uh, multiple times. That's one of the prettiest places I've ever been. Let me show you the last one. You probably don't know where this is, but some of you, when I say it, you'll know it. This is Bryant Creek. Bryant Creek is down below Ava, down towards Gainesville, Missouri. Jana's dad uh, and took the boys and I. When I sometime very soon after uh, the boys and I married Jana, we went to Ava and we stayed with them. And he put us in canoes and we went fishing down Bryant Creek, and I will tell you that it was just one of the most beautiful places I have ever been fishing. First of all, fishing in a canoe. We did that in Minnesota. Remember that, Ray? You go fishing in a canoe. It's quiet. It's absolutely quiet. You never know what you're going to see. You might see an eagle uh, swoop down and grab his lunch on and keep on going. I, I mean, this place right here is hour and a half away, and I think it's one of the prettiest places I've ever been to anywhere. Can I tell you what all four of those places have in common? God designed them. God spoke them into existence. God spoke them into existence. I mean, you say... Where did God get the idea for that? How did God make all this? Can I tell you? God didn't, God didn't need a recipe. 
God is the creator of all things. And everything he made, God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was very good. Now I want you to notice one more thing. I want you to notice the harmony between, all, between God himself and everything that he made. I just want us to, to look back at verse 24 and read a little bit. Listen to what he says in, in verse 24. And God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing, and the beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and the cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Don't miss that. Remember, God is the authority over everything that he created. We're already starting to see how important this is, aren't we? In the world in which we live today, does this make a difference? Absolutely. Verse 28, and God blessed them. And he said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the, every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree in the, the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat and to every beast of the earth and to every fowl of the air and to every thing that creepeth upon the earth wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat. And the second time in this passage, he says, and it was so. You probably ought to underline that at the end of verse 24 and at the end of verse 30. And it was so. God said it, and it was so. From the very beginning, there was harmony between the creation and and the creator. Everything God said, creation obeyed. And at the very beginning of the story here, we meet a God whose creative power and authority extend to every single part of the universe. And so, the first part of the whole story of the Bible is this. God is the creator of everything in this world. That's the first part of the first, of the first verse of the, of the story here. Second, the second point. Creation heard the proclamation of God. God saw that everything he is God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Now, when God finished making everything, God looked at it all and said it was very good. Now, notice that it was God who pronounced that verdict. It's very interesting to consider this. You see, at the beginning of the story, we meet God who has the creative power to make this world and everything in it, and he did it 
with seemingly no more effort than it takes for you and me to pull on a pair of socks. Everything that, that God did, everything that he created, did exactly what it was designed to do. The trees grew tall. The animals lived where they were supposed to. And they all had plenty to eat. Everything that God made functioned in total harmony just as God intended. And God's authority as the creator extended to every place in the universe. There was no place that he didn't have authority. The entire universe came into being because he spoke. And listen to this. God was the only one qualified to evaluate his creative work. Now think about that for a minute. God was the only one qualified to evaluate his creation. There was no one else. The angels weren't called upon. If they had been called upon, they wouldn't have been qualified. And, and lest you get to off, off in Weirdsville, we're not even told where and when the angels were created. Whenever it was, their role was not to evaluate what God did. Their role was to praise God. And I believe they, once they were created, they immediately began to praise God. Amen. And so Genesis 1.31 says, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Now, this is kind of surprising if we think about it, because when we look around the world... It sure doesn't seem very good. Everything we see and know is decaying. Everyone is fighting. Nobody seems to know how to fix anything. So how could God say this? Well, you've got to understand the context. When we see God's declaration applied to everything that he made, what we've got to understand is in the beginning... In the very beginning, every part of creation was good. And secondly, it was not only good, the, God said it was very good. God was saying that creation was everything that he intended to be. And third, God was proclaiming that his creation was doing exactly what he wanted his creation to do. I mentioned it before, the trees are growing, the fish are swimming, humans are relating to each other, to the creation, and to their creator, just as God intended for it to be. God's creation was in perfect harmony with its creator. And so the second part of the story is added in. God is the creator of everything in this world. That's the first part. And the second part of the story, and everything did what he wanted it to do. You see that? God is the creator of everything in this world, and everything did what he wanted it to do. Let's look at the third thing that we can learn about God and about creation and that is, creation points to the goodness of God. Creation points to the goodness of God. Now, we're all aware of Genesis 3. Genesis 3 is where the fall takes place, where Adam and Eve make their choices to be disobedient, and from there, sin, and so on. But can I tell you, 
creation still points to the goodness of God to this day. I just, I just showed you some pictures, and if we sat here all night, you would show me some pictures and say, oh, yeah, well, let me show you something more beautiful than that that I've seen. And let me show you something more beautiful than that that I've seen and experienced. Can you imagine this world today? The Bible tells us in, in Romans uh, chapter 1 uh, that the, the creation declares who God is. R Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament showeth his handiwork. I mean, even today, we who are sinful creatures, we have been, uh, we have been broken, if you will, by sin. The relationship uh, that God had with this world, the harmony that God had in creation with mankind and with everything in this world, uh, it, it has all been marred by sin, and yet God in his goodness and his grace and his mercy and in his splendor, still allows us uh, to enjoy the ma most magnificent things that we will ever see in his creation. It is good. His creation still reflects his mighty power today. Those places remind us that creation can still be very, very good. In Psalm 104, the Bible talks about the earth and the sky and the ocean and everything they contain reflecting his power and his authority. Verse 27 of that Psalm says, these wait all on thee, talking to God. Can I tell you that everything that God created still looks to him and depends on him just as it has from the very beginning. The song, uh, the, uh, uh, I believe it was the Apostle Paul who said, in him we live and move and have our being. The Bible says, by him all things consist. All of creation is held together by his mighty power. It's important that we must insist on the continued goodness of God's creation. Can I tell you today that we live in a world that is trying to tear down the goodness of God and declare that God is not good. But we need to recognize that God is good all the time in every circumstance. God is always good. Everything he does is good. We may not always like it. And sometimes God gets blamed for a lot of things that he didn't do. Bad things happen in this world. And let me tell you why bad things happen. Bad things happen because sin is in this world. And because people are given choices. And sometimes people make Terrible choices, and their terrible choices not only affect them, who may consider, who some may consider to be bad people, but good people sometimes get caught up in bad people's choices. God doesn't do that. 
And by the way, just so we're really, really clear about that, God said that one of these days, over, I believe in 1 Peter, he says that, that this temporary difficulty that we're having is just for a moment. And it's not to be compared at all with the glory that's going to be revealed in us. You got a difficult situation in your life? I understand it, and everybody does. And I'm not making light of it at all. Everybody goes through heartache and pain and difficulty and sorrow and hurt. But I am telling you, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, it is temporary. It is temporary. Eternity will reveal that. And so it is important that we insist on the goodness of God, the ongoing goodness of God. In 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 4, the Apostle Paul says, For every creature, that word creature should, uh, could be translated, probably should be translated creation, but every creature of God is good. Paul does not say some uh, creatures are. It doesn't say most of creation is. He doesn't say it was good. He says that, that creation is good. Paul affirms that God's entire creation is still good. And we need to be careful because in this world there are those who want to make the creation an end in itself. There are those out there who are pantheists and envirom environmentalists. And, and, and man, I, I, I want to be somebody who, has a, who keeps a stewardship over all the things, over the, this, this, this earth that God has given to us. We need to be conservationists. We need to be people who, who honor the things that God has created. But I got news for you. This earth is not the end. This earth is, was created by God for us, for a temporary circumstance. And one of these days, it's all going to be done away with. Another sermon. But this, this evening, we cannot speak of the creation apart from the God who made it. And not only did he make it, but he has authority over it. And he upholds it by his sovereign power. And so, let's look at the first part, the entire first part of the story tonight. God is the creator of everything in this world. And everything did what he wanted it to do. And we could even add, and still does. And that is good. Would you read that with me? God is the creator of everything in this world. And everything did what he wanted it to do. And that is good. This story, unlike Goldilocks and the three bears and the three little pigs and, and uh, Little Red Riding Hood, this story is one story. And it is one story that carries all the way through the word of God. And we're going to look at it through 16 verses and help you to see the whole story of the whole Bible. What does creation teach us about God? That he is an all-powerful creator God, a God of order. How do they impact our lives? Because God's creation was for us. He, he, he made it. His creation is good. He uses it for our good. What does Genesis 1 teach us about God? 
that he is the eternal, all-powerful creator, and we are all accountable to him. Why does the world concentrate so much of its attack on Genesis 1? Because Genesis 1 attacks, uh, Genesis 1 establishes that God is the creator of everything, that he is in charge, that this is his world, and we're just living in it. Most people don't want any authority to answer to in their life. They want to be in charge. Why is it important? Because if God doesn't exist, then we're not accountable to anyone but ourselves. We make the rules. And my dear friends, that's not how God set this whole thing up. He's the creator. I'll say it a different way. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords.